You're listening to Massive Debate UK with Eric Swineblade. Hello and welcome to Massive Debate UK with me, Eric Swineblade. COVID-19, Corona, it's on everybody's lips, a waking nightmare from nowhere that has flipped our collective reality upside down. How are we going to defeat this invisible enemy? With a nation engaging in mass self-isolation, school closures, empty shelves, shut pubs, and an NHS facing a catastrophic event the likes of which we haven't seen in a hundred years, I want to hear from you about this pandemic. How are you preparing? Where is it all going? Is it time to panic? Give us a call 08345 And let's take our first call from Joshua in Southfleet. Joshua, how are you experiencing the self-quarantine so far? Hello, Eric. Well, it's going fine. Um, I have to say, I do think there's far too much panic going around at the moment. Um, you know, I, I do understand the concern. I really do. And of course, you know, as with everything, um, there will be people that struggle. The poor will always be with us, as the saying goes. But, um, you know, I think there's a bright side. Things, things aren't as bad as they look, for heaven's sake. Um, um, we're fine as a family, um, and things are going rather well. So I, I just think a, a shard of light into the situation is probably quite helpful right but now. But Joshua, what, what if you're a, you know, a fruit seller and nobody's buying your fruit anymore? What are you supposed to do? Well, I suppose you go into something else, don't you, and maybe sell uh, plastic fruit. or you know, I think with all of this, people are going to support each other, and there will be avenues for opportunity. Um, and I think we just need so to as far as you're concerned, it's all gravy, is it? It, depending on who you are, things are going quite well. Um, I suppose if you're a hedge fund manager responsible for betting on the foreclosure of companies, you're doing excellently now, um, for example. Not that, and is that what you do, Joshua? What, what do you do exactly? What's your job? Well, I, well, I, I work uh, in a department of hygiene, let's put it. Okay, Joshua. So, why don't you come clean and tell us what you actually do? Are you making money from this crisis? Is that what's going on? No, 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 nothing, nothing of the sort. Um, well, are you, so you're not profiteering off this pandemic, then? Um, I think it's just nice for people to be honest. To be honest, on this show, I'm honest about what I do. I'm a radio host. But what about you? Just well, tell us the truth. N- well, I, th- I think the way in which you've put it is rather unfair. Um, I, I, I've simply maintained. Oh, come on. Well, I've, yeah, I think I've, I've simply maintained doing the job that I do, and I don't think um, I should feel bad. No, no, you don't have to feel bad. I'm just asking you to tell us what it is and who you work for. I mean, just tell us the company. What's the company you work for? No, it's, Simple. It's, look, I no, but um, it really is that straightforward. Too comfortable playing this uh, guessing guessing game. It's, no, it's not it a guessing you? game, Joshua. I just want to know what company you work for. It's as simple as that. Otherwise, I'll end the call. I, I work for Andrex, the, the toilet roll company. Yes, so, we know who they are. Yeah. yeah, but look, in light of in light of how this conversation's gone, obviously I, I do want to stress that I'm not suggesting. Joshua, look, oh, um, are you? Um, you must be going very well. Let's be honest. I'm doing exceptionally yeah. well, Eric, and um, I, I I don't really want to feel be made to feel bad about that. I, I, Joshua, you should. You, you know, I, yeah, death taxes and wiping your ass—they're all things that are, are quite necessary as well. Is ass okay? To yes, say? it's okay to say at this point, but um. You know, I don't think you need to feel bad, but I would like to know, are you deliberately strangling or bottlenecking the supply chain for free marketing? Could you tell us that? Is that something you'd be willing to disclose? I am not the media spokesperson for the company, and I do feel I'm probably stepping on toes here, and I don't want to do too much of that. So, look, there is a, there's a vast supply of toilet roll. No one needs to panic. Um, but also, at the same time, I don't feel that we should be made to feel bad for providing it. For heaven's sake, look, if there, if there was a war, and there was the provider of, I don't know, penicillin, 
Uh, but then there was a shortage of penicillin. I don't think you'd point fingers at the guy providing the penicillin. You'd say, well, thank you very much for this, but we need... Well, look, I think we do need more, and we are in a war. And if we don't get more very soon, and you don't start making it quicker, we are all going to be going up Poo Poo Creek without a paddle. So I'm going to leave that one there. Now, there's been a lot of chatter on Twitter and a lot of anger about the way Boris Johnson's handling the crisis going for the herd immunity, highly controlled approach. And um, we've got B from Rochdale on the line. You're all for Boris's approach. How are you doing? I'm all right, yeah. So B, what's your opinion of Boris Johnson's approach to all of this? Do you feel like you're in a pair of safe hands? I cannot tell you how safe I feel, to be honest, Eric. Like, there's nobody, there's, there's literally nobody else in the world that I'd rather have at the helm right now. You think to yourself, you know, he's not hes not even had time to brush his hair because he's been working so hard. But uh, would you say this is a case of cometh the hour, cometh the man, in your opinion? He's a kind of blonde-haired, poundland, pocket Winston Churchill. I don't, uh, to be fair to you, Eric, I don't, I don't really know the ins and outs of Churchill. But to be honest, if you mean like I need a hero, you know, then I've got one. I've got one. It's, it's Boris. Because... Yeah, why? He's not... He's not pretending he knows everything. He's he's just sort of talking like a normal person, and he's getting up there every night. Like I don't want to get, I don't want to stand in front of the cameras every night. And I'm just interested to know, you know, who do you blame for the current situation? I mean, Boris Johnson has been heavily criticised, but whose fault is it in your eyes where we are now? For the virus. Yeah, for the virus. Well, China. You know, I don't know if it's like they've they've chopped up a bat and they've made you know they've made the Cantonese sweet and sour or whatever, and then someone's eaten that, and then somebody else touched the bat that was used in the in the meal. And no, then... you think it's bats, but of course they've they've traced the genetic sequence of the virus, and they can confirm that it came from a small armadillo-like creature. So well, then they put um, I mean, they... the, the bat thing is definitely not well, true. Fine, I'll hold my hands up and say, right, I didn't know that about the bat. But, you know, it could easily, just as easily been an armadillo and they, you know, chopped that up and made some armadillo wontons. I don't know. B, I mean, I don't know where to start with all this. I mean, I think I think it is verging into xenophobia and I do think it's very difficult territory. And we've got to be particularly careful when we're talking about you know, people's cultures. And, you know, yes, I accept that these, you know, wet markets where strange well to us strange bush creatures you know bats armadillos weasels snakes when not hygienically prepared well if ever refrigerate you know they're never refrigerated never refrigerated it is akin to bioterrorism just from a purely rational standpoint there's, there's no doubt about it something has to be done to make those kind of foods safe couldn't agree with you. I couldn't agree with you more there. Yeah. I imagine be your diet's quite standard. Have you ever eaten anything exotic? Have you been to another country? Or? I suppose if, if we're thinking, you know, strange things. I, I did. Well, I don't think it's strange. But, you know, when we were little, my dad would catch newts and things and, and we would eat them. So I suppose that is out of the ordinary. You would eat newts. Just think about it, Eric, because, what you know, you're not you're not having it raw. You're, you're actually, you know, you're dipping it, you dip it in a bit of batter and you have it with your chips. You're not, you're not just eating a, eating a newt out of the river. No. You know, you skin it, you batter it, you batter it, you got your egg and, egg and your flour and you, and you chuck it in the deep fryer and it, it's cooked, it's piping hot. We we're just talking about China and armadillos. I mean, isn't this a little bit of a case of people in glass houses shouldn't throw stones, really? But think about 
okay. You know, this is from, it's from a pond in Rochdale, you know. Oh, a pond. So, it's yeah, it's okay pond. if you eat an unknown amphibian that we've never written before in our history, but it's a problem when the Chinese put an archinder in a risotto. No, it's not sat on a hot table. Well, B, thanks yeah. so much. Um, fascinating, really, to something I'd never, ever come across. But, uh, yeah, take care and, uh, you know, best of luck to you. If it comes to it, you might well have to end up eating a few more of those. So, uh, fingers crossed we don't get to that point. Let's move on to another call now from London. We've got Charlie from Croydon on the line. Charlie, hi. W- what are you doing to combat this invisible enemy? Well, hi, Eric, and I'll be completely honest with you. I am a formal, former member of the CA, and... You know, my advice to everybody is prepare for the worst. You know, we right. don't know what the worst is. Last week, the worst was what we have this week. Mm. And, you know, about a week ago, I started to organise in my local community. And I have put together what I have coined the Croydon Militia. Blimey. It's a, essentially a group of dads. Uh, I'm 55 years old. And we meet... Uh, obviously, two metres apart outside. Good. Uh, you know, we live on a on a long cul-de-sac with a you know roundabout at the end, so we meet there and stand you know well well away from each other. But we good, plan. Good. We put together you know defence strategy coordinations, and we think about what it is we might have to do. Now, are we armed? I'm not at liberty to divulge that information, but we believe me, we are prepared. Okay. You know, we 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 do have access to power tools and. You know, crossbows, whatever it is that's legal. And as far as we're concerned, we are bracing for full-on civil collapse, should that happen. You know, Uh, once the police fall to the virus, and then it's the the power grid, and then God knows what. So my advice is be prepared for more than just a fight against an invisible enemy. Be prepared for a fight against the maniacs living down your road. Because I tell you what, mate, there's a lot of them, OK? Well, no, and you've just proven that point. But, I mean, don't you think this is slightly apocalyptic? Well, look, it's two months ago I'd said to you, look, mate, you might want to get hold of at least ten bottles of sanitizer and a thousand masks and a box of latex gloves. You would have said you're a nana, mate. Now look. Now look. And I'm telling everybody else listening to prepare accordingly. You know, if, if that means fashioning a bow and arrow out of a pool cue and a bit of wire, so be it. Do something. Do you know what I mean? Don't just sit around in your ass watching Love is Blind. Well, uh, yeah, thanks for that. It's a rather alarmist approach to all of this. That makes everybody feel so much better. But uh, no, I'm, uh, I'm being sarcastic. It's a terrible idea. We need to calm down. We do not need to start arming with BB guns and bread knives. We, there's simply no point. Let's take a call now from Kelly from Brentwood. Kelly, hello. You're on Hiya. the show. Kelly. You're right. So, Kelly, um, what do you do? What's going on? I am a sandwich technician. I work in Subway. Give us a picture of what it's like on the ground in Subway. Yeah, so basically, like, we, to be fair, we don't have that many customers anyway. But, like, yes, it has plummeted. And this branch yeah. of Subway you're in, you're the manager, I take it? Yes, I am, yeah. Yeah. And are, are there any other employees there, or is it just you and the the fillings and the breads? It's me and Pedro, yeah. It's just the two of us at the moment. Um, okay, and at the moment, per week, how many customers are you getting in that branch in Brentwood? I mean, in total? Yeah, per week. Five. You get f- five customers a week, and you say that's gone up. So where was it at before the, the COVID-19 crisis broke out how many customers a week were you getting at that point per week three three it 
has rocketed. For us, it has almost doubled if you if you actually look at the numbers. And the, these new customers, these, what is it, uh, what, two new customers you've seen? I imagine these are panic buyers. Well, they come in. N- number one question is, have you got any toilet roll? Then they will actually try and buy the loaves. And hang on, are they, they're buying, they're trying to buy the loaves to use as toilet paper? It could be that, to be fair. Actually, I hadn't, I, I actually hadn't even thought of that. But yeah, I mean, they are be. very dry, aren't they, the, the, the bread loaves there? Yeah, he, he, he bought a sack of them, to be fair. So I, I, currently we are running very low on the bread because of that guy. Um, so we're, we're selling them in tortillas and we'll stack them like five, six high. Right. And, and how are you passing the time between takeouts and things like that? So, yeah. So, so but how we pass the time is um, we play a lot of Would You Rather. It's like, it's that, how do you know that game? Yes, I do. Yes. Yeah. So is it Would You Rather contract syphilis or COVID-19? That kind of, yeah, it could be that. But to be honest, it's quite light. We're like... Would you rather sleep with your dad, or would you rather watch your watch your parents at it? Like that yes, well, that's uh, also quite heavy, but so good to know that's what's going on over at Subway. Anyway, thanks a lot, Kelly. Let's take another call. We've got Shane on the line from Newcastle. Hi, Shane. Are you there? Eric, how you doing? Shane, yeah, I could just about hear you there. It, um, sounds to me like you're in you're somewhere quite busy right now. Well, I, I just thought I'd ring up. I um basically oh, I like I know I know how it's going, how it's going down in London and stuff but um I don't think people are panicking enough up here like it's just I'm, I'm getting an only I uh, John Smith mate one two thanks. um I'm getting like uh, an uneasy feeling being around uh, such like unworry given how worried everyone is down uh, down south yeah Joe, I'm on the phone I'll be down I'll be over in a second Shane Shane it sounds yeah, sounds to me a lot like you're actually in quite a busy pub at the moment right now honestly uh, I, I am, and I can't even believe how many people are out and about. Like it's proper. But Shane, Shane, um, don't you re- have you heard the government has ordered all the pubs to shut? So that pub's now I, breaking the law. What are you doing in the pub exactly? I don't understand. I've come for a little, a little uh, tipple after work. I, I'm uh, three or four beers, but that's, you know, I'm not like um, Shane. I'm, I'm not kissing anyone or hugging nobody or. No, but Shane, do do you not think this is a little bit unnecessary? Could you not have bought a beer and say gone home and drunk the beer at home? I mean, why do you have to be in a pub with a bunch of other people drinking? And it sounds to me like it's quite a busy pub. Well, I mean, I live at home with me, uh, my granddad, who's pretty um, depressed and he's, he's an alcoholic, and he it's just not a fun place to be. So, but Shane, again, you know, you're living with an elderly person who's clearly vulnerable to this disease. It's a global pandemic. And we don't have a cure for it. What are you no, doing? I, I don't, yeah, man, just get, get out of here. They're giving a shite for being in here. Hang on, I'm just going to make my way out the door. Hang on. <coughs> yeah, oh, sorry, come on. Sorry, yeah. One second, mate. Shane, are you, you're, you're, lighting a, you're lighting a cigarette now, I believe. I, I'm just, I, my friend just, I, I don't smoke. Like, wow. Um, funny, wow. But my friend, I, I, I like socially smoke. So Can I ask how long you've smoked for? 17 years. 17 years. Do you not see the risk here, Shane? You're in a pub, you're smoking, you've been a long-term smoker, you're a, you know, very vulnerable. Well, <coughs> why has that got, like, what's the flu got to do with smoking? You know what, Shane, I'm actually going to end the call. I am dumbfounded at some of the people in this country, and we need to find that pub immediately and alert the authorities, because that should not be going on. Anyway, without further ado, let's move on to another call. We've got Elliot from Barnes on the line. How are you coping with the situation? Well, I hire, yes, you know, I, I, um, I live in a converted barn, and uh, 
it's, it's actually a lovely lifestyle, and I've been doing it for, for yonkers now. Uh, 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 the problem is, you know, as soon as you say you have to stay inside, everybody loses their minds. And uh, obviously, I have started to lose mine. And I think what it's revealed is the detachment from nature that we uh, we have in this society. You know, it's like um, we've got a system that's been built uh, disconnected from reality, as it were. And you know, now now the uh, the Formula One car that is our 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 entire world economy has hit a speed bump. Because of course, a Formula One car is built for a racetrack, and we're not on a racetrack. It's a it's a total fantasy, you know. We're on a a bumpy road in the middle of nowhere. So, you know, I think I think the whole entire reality of model that this uh, society is running on is completely flipped on its head. So, and, w- and what is it you do, Elliot, exactly? Well, I'm actually a musician. Uh, it's turned into farming, uh, farming pigs. I mean, I'm, I'm retired really, but uh, now I was a I was a support uh, session guitarist for years for a number of bands, numero bands, you know, um, Metallica, Iron Maiden. I played, wow. I played all over the place. Wow, that's amazing. Um, uh, no, I'm just uh, living out here and uh, seeing the uh, girlfriend on Skype. Um, cool. I mean, she lives in Singapore anyway, so right. it doesn't really make much difference. But uh, I'm yeah. getting by, you know, I'm getting by. I am just wanted to say say that, really. Oh, well, thanks a lot, Elliot, and take care of yourself. Stay safe, and thank you for that rather interesting view on all of this. I mean, yes, I agree. We do need a new system that is able to take in and account for these externalities in reality. And we clearly have a system that is not built for that. It is built purely for profit. So we do need to make a change. Anyway, that's all we have time for this week on Massive Debate UK with me, Eric Smineblade. Join us again next time. Thank you very much. Bye. You've been listening to Massive Debate UK, improvised and created by Tom Gray and Daniel Barker. Guest starring Rose Robinson. 